0: Get your Bibles. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Osiris, I'm waiting for that outside voice to kick in. Amen. Like you do at the basketball game. (laughs) Amen. God bless you. Get your Bibles. Wonderful to see you all here today. Blessings be upon you in Jesus' name. Connected. Connected. I truly encourage you to take notes today please write these verses down. Pastor has some reference verses we're going to be going with today and certainly when you have an opportunity. or I I don't even like saying that. Make the time to look up these verses. We make time for what's important to us. Amen. Every person on the planet has the opportunity to accept Christ as Savior and one day, whether you know it, One day, whether you like it or not, you're going to meet him. And the Bible says when we stand before the Creator of all things, that we're going to have to give an account of what we've said and what we have done. Say, I am an influencer. Sister Tiffany Wallace, I know I'm saying your name. You are an influencer. You are an influencer. Brother Liston Rose, you are an influencer, sir. Hmm. Sister Kelly, you are an influencer. When you take on the responsibility of who you really are, God will also give you more responsibility. When you're faithful over little, God rewards you with much. I've heard people say this throughout the years. If I was a millionaire, I'd give God half my money. Stop lying. (laughs) You don't give him half now. No, say amen, church. So why would you give him half if you were a millionaire? Take the opportunity to influence someone for the kingdom of God. Say amen. When we start to think that God did not have to use us, and not use us, or work through us, it changes our perspective. The more God prunes things out of our lives, the more he eliminates bad habits from all of us, then our spiritual eyes and ears become fine-tuned. Each week, it is my prayer, that not only here inside of our sanctuary, but everyone listening and everyone watching this broadcast, it is my prayer each week that you are hearing less noise and less thunder and more of God's voice because we are connected. Everyone, please repeat after me as loud as you possibly can. I am connected. In a few weeks, I'm setting you up already, we're going to see how connected is so very important than a lot of other stuff that we say. And one thing I want you to know about pastor, don't just take my word for it, I try to back it up, or not back it up, I try to present it through the word of God. Because the mistake we made in all of our churches is you don't have to look it up. Take my word. No, that's what I have the Bible for, to look it. That's why our churches got off track because some people became too lazy to look it up. Somebody say, "I I am connected. I know you wrote this down, but just in case you haven't, maturing Christians, God is calling us to a higher standard of Christian living. And when God has called you to a higher standard of Christian living, there ought to be more fruit. Say amen. Amen. You cannot allow your old nature, your old spirit, your old ways to take over you when you know right from wrong. Say amen. When you are connected to the kingdom of God, I hope you wrote this down, I expect supernatural things to happen i expect to soar higher than i did two weeks ago i expect to hear god's voice even clearer i expect to see how god has been moving and working all along putting things together in my life because i am connected means Joined together. It's so important that you are, we are joined together with God's kingdom and not joined together with the world system. The world system says hate. But God says Love. Remind yourself, somebody help him. Remind yourself that God is the caretaker of my mind. God is the caretaker of my body. God is the caretaker of my soul. It is very important that every born-again believer stay connected to the vine. Connected to the kingdom and the connection that God wants us to have, please look at pastor it's not a one day a week connection I don't know about you but I do when I get up on Monday I need God let me see your hand thank you Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday I have to be connected seven days a week somebody say amen Connection should not be optional. In today's lesson, as hard as I tried, I tried to get several verses in, but we're going to be looking at one verse today, verse 16. Fifteenth chapter of the Gospel of John. Verse 16 deals with the relationship of believers to one another through a special connection. When you are connected to the kingdom of God first, everybody say first. First. When you're connected to the kingdom of God first, then God brings in favor. Favor doesn't come, look at pastor, when you're connected to the world first. Favor comes when we are connected to the kingdom. When we're connected to the kingdom, then God gives you favor with man. Say amen. We ought to have a light bulb moment and realize that the Word of God is alive. The pages in your Bible are alive. They are not just sitting there as dead words. The Word of God, minister, is alive. Say amen. We looked at this particular passage of Scripture here in the 15th chapter about four years ago, but now we're going to view it today through the lenses of divine revelation. Chapter 15, look at verse 16. Pastor's reading from the Amplified Bible. Jesus said, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I have appointed you. I have planet you. Look at your Bible that you might go and bear fruit and keep on bearing fruit that your fruit may be lasting. That your fruit may remain and that it may abide so that whatever you ask the Father. Underline that. So that whatever, this is Jesus speaking, you ask the Father in my name. As presenting all that I am, he may give it to you. Say amen for God's word. Jesus said, Beginning of this verse, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And the Lord told me, He reminded me from four years ago. He said, "You think you chose me, but I chose you, boy, before the foundation of the world, when you were still in Ruby Jackson's belly." Well, some of y'all don't understand that. I chose you when you was in your mama's belly. God chose you. You didn't have to be born here on planet Earth, but God had it in his divine plan that you would be alive, that you would go through hills and valleys, that you would come up to this very time in human history. God chose you just for this moment. Everything you've been through, your trials, your tribulation, your stories, God chose you. I'm sure the 11 disciples who were remaining, especially Andrew and Peter, they looked at Jesus real strange when he told them, I chose you. They were thinking, no, you didn't. You didn't choose us, Jesus. Because Andrew and Peter, first of all, they were disciples of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was standing up one day and he said, Listen, I am just a voice crying out in the wilderness, but there's one greater than me. I'm not even worthy to stoop down and untie his shoe. I'm not even worthy like that. There's somebody greater coming after me. One day, Jesus was walking by, and John the Baptist said, Hey, behold, the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. Boys, you've been following me, but Andrew and Peter, it's time for you to follow Jesus. So check out Andrew and Peter. Andrew and Peter are thinking this whole time, Well, we're going to select you, Jesus. We're going to follow you, Jesus, because this isn't taught enough in our churches. 2,000 years ago, there were all kind of teachers and rabbis that had disciples. But some of them were going against what the word of God had previously said under the old covenant. So Andrew and Peter were saying, Lord, you think this sounds strange to us? Lord, we don't quite understand why you're saying you chose us because they didn't have in their minds they need to remind themselves I'm not only just talking to Jesus but Peter, don't you realize after three and a half years that you're talking to God? Flesh and blood has not revealed unto you who I really am. Don't you know, Peter, you're actually talking to God. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad I know Jesus. It was John the Baptist who told them, and and this makes me laugh when I hear this in some of the old time movies. You see John the Baptist, see him getting out of the water. John the Baptist got gray hair. He can't hardly move. That's not true. John the Baptist was in his 30s. He was a young man. John the Baptist was hollering, talking about repent, and they didn't like it, so they had his head chopped off. Reach your Bible. It's all right there. But John the Baptist and Jesus were cousins. How many of you know that? some You can't assume everybody knows that. They were cousins. John knew who Jesus was. John knew the anointing that Jesus had. What are you talking about, Pastor? When Mary went to visit Elizabeth, the Bible says... When Mary Elizabeth got close together, that something was going on, on the inside. John the Baptist, in the belly of his mother, realized that Jesus was God. Some of you have been walking with God a long time, and you still don't know who he really is. It's time out for playing church. It's time to walk by faith and not by what you've been all these years, God is real. Jesus is real. The Holy Spirit. Come on, church. Thank you, sister. Somebody point at somebody, and say, I know who he is. He's real. Look at your Bible. So Andrew and Peter had it in their minds that they made the choice to follow Jesus. No, you didn't. Some of you think, well, I made a choice a long time ago. No, you didn't, because God chose you first. Even with all of our hang-ups. No, look at Pastor God. I ain't got no hang-ups. Stop lying. Even when our attitudes aren't right, even when our spirits aren't right, God chose you. And if God chose you, God prepared you. Why do you think you're going through so much stuff? Because God's just working on you. God is... Put your hand on yourself say, God chose me. I'm taking my glass off. Sometimes you need to remind the devil. Ah, I can't. Yes, I can. Ah... Remind his demons, God chose me. That's why the devil's so pissed off at you, because God chose you. That's why the devil doesn't like you, because God chose you. Why you not shouting? That's why you're still alive this very day, because... <sighs> see, it's time out for pretending. Look at somebody and say, you just don't know my story. No, I'm serious. Tell somebody, you don't know my story. I should have been. I could have been. I should have been. I could have been. Six feet under. But grace, mercy, love, hey. We got to start rethinking things. God chose us. When there's a couple of stumbling blocks, those are stepping stones. God is always working on our behalf. Just as God chose them, these 11 men, to help start the church, these 11 men to help carry out ministry. God chose you. Jesus said, I chose you. Look at your Bible. Please underline that. Don't see the disciples there. See yourself there. Jesus said, I have chosen you. What an honor. (laughs) What an honor, minister, that he chose me. Knowing, see, some of y'all try to pretend like you got angel wings. No, you don't. Even with all of our baggage even though some of the things we did in our lives, God still chose us. Jesus made it clear to them. Look at your Bible. He made it clear that such a privilege did not rest upon their own merit, but in his sovereign choice in choosing them. What is the purpose of God choosing you? Jesus said it right here in the Bible. Look at your Bible. The purpose of God choosing you is to bear fruit. One of the purposes of God choosing these men who have been blessed with such a revelation was that they could produce more fruit. Jesus didn't teach them for three and a half years for them just to keep it to themselves. He wanted them to spread it. The New Testament describes fruit in many ways. Please write these scriptures down. The New Testament describes fruit as, please write this down, a godly attitude. A godly attitude attitude not a worldly attitude not a selfish attitude a godly attitude and when you have an opportunity please read galatians chapter five verse 22 wow look everybody writing that's beautiful and 23 a godly attitude that's one way to show if you're producing fruit When people come at you one way, how do you react? Say amen. Amen. And if you need to, say, I need to do better. (laughs) At least I got some honest folklore. A godly attitude. Second of all, the Bible talks about fruit as righteous behavior. Righteous behavior. Philippians. Chapter 1, verse 11. Read it this week. Righteous behavior. Righteous behavior. Righteous behavior. Not, I'm going to pay them back. That's not righteous. Say amen, church. One of the fruits the Bible describes is praise. Praise. You can tell if a person's growing, whether or not they praise God outside of church. Amen. Please stop writing for a minute. I'm curious. How many of you ever raised your hand during the week to thank God for something? How many of you ever clapped your hands during the week? I'm very serious because I want you to learn. I want you to grow. I told you, when you know better, do better. Don't clap your hands more than you clap your hands in church for anybody. Who deserves more praise than Jesus Christ? No, no, I don't, but you don't know. Uh, LeBron James is the greatest. Really? You don't know. Uh, I'm going to old school, Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali was, really? I'm talking about someone that came and died for all mankind. He's the greatest. <laughs> Deacon Washington. Do it for your wife. Please stand up. She said, your your wife just sang today about Jesus Christ. You're the greatest. He is the greatest. If I'm going to clap my hands, why would I clap my hands? More for Patrick Mahomes. Don't talk about Patrick. I can't say that either. Don't clap your hands for anybody more. You clap your hands for Jesus. When the Bible says clap your hands and say, man, I'm telling you, when you see me stand over here, pastors jumping, pastors moving, because I'm excited about Jesus. Dude, he's a healer, he's a deliverer, he's cleaned things out of my life, he's proned out people, he's proned out foolishness. Why would I not praise the creator? <laughs> oh, this hungry good. One of the fruits the bible talks about is leading others to faith in Jesus Christ. It is very important that we lead others to Jesus Christ. We lead others to Jesus Christ. Write down Romans chapter 1 verses 13 through 16. When we do these things, when we are obedient, To what god has commanded us to do that's when blessings begin to flow it only flows when we are obedient say amen and none of us none of us are called to do the same thing but whatever you do it should lead people to god i'm finding out and my father used to tell me this all the time Everyone doesn't have a pulpit ministry. They just don't. Everybody's not called to preach. No, say amen real loud. Everybody's not called to teach. Say amen. Some people are called to street ministry. That's good. Some people are called to be an encourager. That's good. Some people are called to be an uplifter. That's good. Whatever God has called you to do, do it for his glory. Don't do it so people look at me, notice me, 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 me. That sounds like a demon. I'm going to say it again for everybody watching. That sounds like a demon when you're so consumed with yourself. The Bible says we're supposed to be concerned about one. Look at your neighbor and say, come on, man, we got to do better. Tell them, say, come on, come on, Jeff, we got to do better. Whatever your ministry is, whatever God has called you to do, let it lead everyone to God. Look at verse 16. Jesus said, Not only have I chosen you, I love to amplify it. Look at what he says, but also I. Jesus is who? So God said, I have appointed you. Which translates, I have anointed you. Which translates, I have ordained you. So don't just think that God has called you, oh, I'm saved, so I'm going to heaven. He doesn't save us to sit down. Jesus didn't pour into the disciples for three and a half years For them just to sit down after he left No, we are saved, we are called We have been appointed, we have been anointed by God To go out But you know what Jesus said, and I love this man Before you can go out and save the world, where do you start at? Start at home It's not all about in what I say But it's about what I do Say amen One thing's different. There is a difference between when man ordains you, but it's a whole different level when you're ordained or anointed by God. Say amen. Jesus said, look at your Bible, please underline this, that I'll be bells going off in your spirit. Jesus says, I have planted you. If the Lord has planted you, No one or nothing can disturb your ground. When the devil comes up with this or that, it will not disturb my ground because God has planted me. And I told you one thing about a plant. It doesn't come up overnight. It takes cultivating. It takes a little watering. It takes a little TL. Stop allowing the enemy Please write this down. And the enemy can be the devil. The enemy can be your family. The enemy can work through your friends. The enemy can work through your own mind. Stop allowing the enemy. Please write it down. Stop allowing the enemy. I must stop allowing the enemy to disturb my ground. I want peace. Because God said I could have peace. I want harmony. Because God said I can have harmony. I want oneness with almighty God because that's the kind of relationship he said I can have. My authority, write this down, comes from God. They asked the disciples once. They asked Paul once. They asked Peter once. On whose authority do you stand and teach on? Please look at pastor. Whose authority are you teaching on? They asked Jesus the same thing. Whose authority are you teaching on? Remember this. It's most important, first of all, that when you have everything right with God, then he makes it right with man. So they all answered the exact same thing. My authority doesn't come from anyone on this planet. My authority, my anointing, my calling come for someone of another kingdom. Say amen. So they asked him, so you've been called by God? What proof is there? Listen to pastor very carefully. When God has called you, you don't have to prove anything. When God has called you, there'll be fruit all around you without you having to say a word. There'll be growth all around you if God has called you. Mm, Here's a tough statement right here. I've known preachers. Start here first but then I'm coming your way too. I've known preachers. God called me to preach. God called me to preach. If God called you to preach, why did you quit preaching? If God called you to preach, oh boy, tell your neighbor, put your seatbelt on. (laughs) If God called you, why are you allowing the devil? Why are you allowing doubt? Most of all, why are you allowing people to disturb your ground? If God God has called you, there is no quit. Let me say I'll talk over here. There is no quit when God has called you because he doesn't call you without preparing you first. That's what Jesus was doing for three and a half years. He was preparing the disciples. Everything wasn't hunky-dory with them. Can you imagine what they went through, the fear they had to go through living on the run, constantly dodging and running because religious people were after them? It's not like they were just fighting against the world. They were fighting religious people. Some of you church folk need to check your behavior. Pastor, you don't know. I've had a bad attitude this morning. Check your attitude at the door. This is called the house of God. There's love in the house of God. There's peace in the house of God. First of all, the Bible says, enter into his gates. Come into his presence. Not with sadness. Not with anger. Not with an attitude. Enter into his gates. With thanksgiving. I'll preach to myself. Enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is. See, some of y'all don't know it because you hear thunder. The Lord is good. His mercy. His mercy. His mercy. His mercy is everlasting and his truth. Oh, tell somebody I gotta fly higher, I gotta fly higher, I gotta fly higher. <laughs> Please write this down. Oh, I gotta hurry, doggone it. The book of Acts, chapter 5. Please write this down, verse 29. Peter actually answers his critics, even though he didn't have to. Please write it down. Peter answers his his critics. He says, it's better. I'd rather obey God than to obey men. God is looking at the heart. And everyone that calls you friend, I touched on this last week, does not have your best interest at heart. In the middle of verse 16 Look at it. Jesus reminds his disciples, he says, Look at it, that you might go, 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 go. Look at that. And if he's telling his disciples, With all this knowledge I've imparted in you, with this anointing that has come over you, it's not for you to sit stationary. Jesus said, in order to be a fruit bearer, you have to go. Pastor, we have COVID, so we can't go. Well, that's not true. Everybody I know has a cell phone. Some of you have multiple cell phones. Oh, You Can't say that either. Let me stay over here. You can use that technology to be a blessing to someone just by texting them saying, God bless you. God loves you. Use it for the glory of God. We have to share the kingdom with everyone we meet because time is short. Look carefully. Not only did Jesus say we have to go and share the gospel. Look at it. He said... We have to bear fruit. See that? And he says, and keep on. What you going to stop for? He said, keep on bearing fruit. Even when things get challenging, Jesus didn't say, stop and rest. It's not in there. He says, keep on bearing fruit. And remember, Jesus wasn't really asking anything. When Jesus was talking with them in all honesty, he said, I told you after three and a half years, he says, you are my friends if you continue to do what I have commanded you to do. If you really want to produce and be God's friend, we have to be obedient to his word. It can't be my way on Monday and God's way on Sunday. I'll wait for you. Clap your hands. It, 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 it can't be, well, I only choose God when everything's great. Because you're going to have some days when things are not so great. Somebody say, I choose God. I love it. Remember, Jesus was talking with them with all honesty because he wanted them to be prepared. Jesus says that your fruit might be Lasting not just for 2,000 years, but that it may remain. Look at your Bible, that it may abide. Look at the words that Jesus used. How long should this remain? How long should this last? Generation after generation. We have to tell our children and our grandchildren about the ways of God. Uh -uh. Tell your neighbor, put your seatbelt on. No, look at him and say, put your seatbelt on. Yeah. <laughs> Sister Slaughter, I hope you appreciate this. Please hear me. The Bible says, everyone watching this broadcast, go back and talk to your pastor about this. The Bible says that we, as believers, are to train up our children in the ways of the lord come on help me and when they get old they won't depart from what you've taught them and i hear people say "Mm, the past couple of years pastor i heard other pastors tell me this too pastor what are the churches doing what are the churches doing it doesn't say as a church well, some of y'all, black like you don't know what I'm talking about, so I'll break it down even further. The Bible doesn't say, as a church, train up a child. If you're a parent or a grandparent, it's your responsibility to train your own child <laughs> at home. Everything starts at No, clap your hands if you know it's the truth. <laughs> I can't say that either. Starts at home. If we want to be fruit bearers, it has to start at home. Well, pastor, I want the church to teach my child all the books of the Bible. That's not the church's responsibility. That's yours. We want to pass the buck because we've been taught wrong. It's the parents' and grandparents' responsibility. It's your responsibility to teach your child. It's the church's responsibility to help enforce it, but you have to teach it. Wow. Well, Pastor, I just thought, if I just bring my kids to church, yeah, let me stay here. Every church in the 70s. Okay, Lord. Lord. 80s, do I have any help in here? Do I have any help in here? Every church in the 70s, just me and you brother Fred, and 80s and 90s, every church had a bus ministry picking up everybody and their mom picking up all kind of kids bring them to church, but just because you bring them to church doesn't make them automatically saved. You need to talk to your child at train up a child while they're small. If you train them up and talk to them when they're small about the ways of God, about the love of God, about how God wants us to behave then we wouldn't have many of the issues we have today. People say, it's the church's responsibility. That's wrong. It's the parent. It's the guardian's responsibility to raise that child. The church is here to help you. Clap your hands if you receive that word. If you're a Christian, if you're a believer, God chose you to help spread the good news. The issue we have today is what are you spreading? What are you spreading? Are you spreading good news about the kingdom? Are you spreading the news that God has forgiven you? Are you spreading the news that it's not too late to repent? No matter what you did last night, just repent. Repent. Just say, Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me for my attitude. Please forgive me for my behavior. The end of verse 16, please look at it. Jesus says, so whatever you ask the father. Does your Bible say that? Whatever you ask the father. Some people are asking the wrong source. He didn't say what you ask your husband for. He didn't say what you asked your wife for. He didn't say what you asked your associates, your friends, your job, your acquaintances. Jesus said, Whatever you ask the Father, stop looking to the wrong source. Somebody holler, God is my source. source. Let the Lord hear you. Say, "God God is my source. When I need healing, God is my source. When I need financial blessing, God is my source. When I need a miracle, when I need deliverance, when I need victory, when I need strength, God is. God is. God is. God is. Come on, point at somebody. Tell them, say, God is my source. Yeah. Uh. But you don't know, Pastor, I'm dependent upon the government. You better know this. Governments rise and fall. There were two coups t- almost took place this week. Germany almost fell. And where's the other place that eludes me right now? Germany. Did you hear about Germany this week? Almost fell in another country. Almost. Peru. Thank you. Two countries almost fell this past week. God is... Oh, I don't want to get in trouble for saying this. And the United States. We're just hanging on. Just hanging. God is. Cryptocurrency. I lost five billion dollars. God is. Swindling people out of money. God is. God is. When we become fully aware that God is our source, when we become aware that we need the kingdom of God in our lives daily, things will begin to change. The kingdom is not pick it up, put it down, pick it up, put it down. Pick. No, the, the kingdom of God is a different lifestyle. Because see, some of y'all better realize, this world is not my home. And for some people, ah, I'm fooled today, Lord. Some people are living their best life right now. Don't clap. Listen. Their best life, partying, drinking and drugging, hooking and hoeing and whoremongering. Some people live in their best life right now and then going to spend eternity in hell. But you won't spend eternity in hell because you, you can't say, I didn't know the truth. The Bible says when you know Jesus, he sets. Wow. Demons. Demons. devil. They are not happy because you are growing. They are not happy. Get your hands out. Because if you're seeing this in your life, things that happened to me three years ago, God is making it all make sense. And demons aren't happy because God is revealing himself more and more. And the Bible says that they have to tremble. Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in. So there's power. I didn't hear you. I said power, deliverance, healing, prosperity, all in the name. Jesus was not talking to people who were unsaved. He was saying this to men who had already accepted them as Savior. Now I'm going to go a little bit deeper. Look at your neighbor. Say, buckle up. No, tell them, buckle up. (laughs) Hmm. Some people, when they pray, they think that God will answer whatever they say if they end their prayer. Give me five minutes. If they end their prayer with, in the name of Jesus. Just because you say in the name of Jesus does not mean God is going to answer you. We have not been taught correctly in our churches. God is not going to do anything that goes against his word. Say amen, church. You shouldn't be asking God, Lord, get him. You shouldn't be asking God to get anybody. That's not the right behavior. when you argue and fight and fall out with people, let it stay where it's at sometimes, man. The Bible says vengeance. What, you going to keep putting your hand in it and in and out and in and out when God says, if you just trust me, I'll work it all out. If you are not saved, you have not been authorized to go to God in Jesus' name. If you're not in fellowship with God, you're not authorized to go to God like that. Listen to pastor. Yes, God will hear and listen to a sinner's prayer because God hears all prayers. But in order to have your prayer answered, you have to be in fellowship with God. Jesus actually said in John, the third chapter to Nicodemus, You must be. It's not optional. Jesus said, you must be. By being born again, the Bible says, then we are adopted into the family of God. That's why I told you last week, God is the creator of all. But he is not the father of all. He doesn't become your father until you are adopted into his family. And the way to get adopted, because some people say, I already know that. But you'd be surprised at people that don't know it. The way to get adopted into God's family is simply say, Lord, I repent of my sins. I accept your son Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. And the Bible says, confess it with your mouth. And believe it in your heart and you shall be saved that's the only way to get adopted into the family of God I don't apologize there are not multiple ways to heaven there is only one way Jesus is the only way to the father I love it look at the end of verse 16 Look how powerful Jesus is. Look at what he said. He says, as presenting all that I am. We know who he is. Jesus is God that he may give it to you. It takes a lot of spiritual growth to really know who Jesus is. And our churches have not taught enough on the fact that Jesus is God. Amen. He's not 5% God. He's not 20% God. Jesus is, not that He was, 100% God. Here we go again. Get your finger out. God is real. Jesus is real. The Holy Spirit, He is real. Jesus was with God in the beginning. Without Him, nothing was created. In John 1 and 1, in the beginning. Why are people trying to eliminate Jesus? That's a trick of the devil. The Bible says in John 1 and 1, In the beginning was the word. Jesus was right there with God during creation. And everybody want to tell you multiple ways to get to heaven. No, it's not. Jesus says, I am the way. Jesus said, no man comes to the Father. You cannot bypass Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. Jesus was with God every step of the way. And we know as maturing Christians, we don't ask for things in Jesus' name that are frivolous. Don't play with God like that. I am so thankful. I'm talking about myself first. I I'm raised both hands. I am so thankful to God that he did not answer everything I asked him. Some of y'all sit there, pretend all you want to. Woo! No, I need a praise break. Hit the music, Jefferson. I thank God he didn't say yes to everything I asked him. I was talking to a woman a while back, and a woman said, Pastor, I thank God I've been married 51, 51 years, and thank God I didn't marry the one I wanted to. You better thank God. He didn't answer. Uh, Yeah. The more we make time to read God's word, the more we take time to study God's word, the clearer picture we'll have of what God has for your life. But if you never open the book to read it and to meditate upon it, how are you supposed to know what God wants for you? Well, I come to church, pastor. I come to church. Yes, but I can't give it all to you. And any preacher says, I'll give it all to you. He's a liar. The Holy Spirit, i <sighs> serious with you, told me, said, going forward, stop it. Stop it. I said, stop what, Lord? Stop it. Because I'm the kind of person, I want to bring everybody with me. How many of you know I'm talking about? You want everybody to be at peace, everybody to be on board. The Holy Spirit said, stop it. He said, from now on, all you do is tell people the truth. Bring them, you know the old saying, you can take a horse, but you, you can't what? So the Holy Spirit taught, is teaching me this, so i share it with you. He said, bring people to where I want them to be and stop. Stop trying to make them go right or make them go left or make them go straight. He said, stop trying to do my job. So my things I'm trying to say to God's people today is you pray for people. You try to lead people the best you can according to God's word on what is right. But a person when they come to the edge you got to make up your own mind. I'm going to go with God or I'm going with the world. But I want everybody to know I want my kingdom connection to be stronger than my worldly connection. So don't lose sleep at night with so and so. I prayed for them and they still going off to the right. You've done your part. Change your prayer the Holy Spirit. Arrest them. Holy Spirit, go in there and grab them. Holy Spirit, shake them till they come to themselves like the prodigal son who was sleeping, eating, laying down with the hogs. Somebody say amen to the truth. Accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is the most important decision you will ever make he wants to be your friend and the more you grow in your faith walk, the more you become connected to the kingdom everyone doesn't have the same security clearance you're a military man you have regular clearance you have above regular clearance you have top secret and then you have what Whoa, I'm not even going to say that on the air. You have all kinds of layers. Everyone's not privy to the same information. If you living down here, why would God pour it out on you? If you're on the roller coaster, why would God pour it out on you? God is looking for those who he has called. God is looking for those who he have chosen to say, okay, Lord. I want to live here with you, Lord. I want to hear your voice, Lord. I don't want to hear the devil talking to me every day. I don't want to hear my enemies talking. Lord, I want to trust you. And I want to live for you. Because I want my kingdom connections to be stronger than my worldly connections. Stand to your feet. When you are connected to the vine, when you're truly connected to the kingdom of God, the supernatural world begins to open up new avenues that you never thought was possible. Lift your hands to heaven. Thank you, Father, that you chose us, you appointed us, you ordained us, Father, to be alive in human history during this time period. Thank you, Father you're opening up new avenues from heaven to earth and we see you, some of us see you and some of us hear you, Father, that you're leading, guiding, and directing our path. We can rejoice within our souls today because the Holy Spirit is living within us. I want to encourage you as you have your hands open, Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, take over my life. Right where you're standing, say it for yourself. You can't say it for your husband. You can't say it for your wife. You really can't say it for your kids. Holy Spirit, take over my life. Thank you for the direction that you're going to lead me. I want to acknowledge you in all of my ways. And you have promised to direct my path. You want to be a better husband? You want to be a better wife? You want to be a better friend to someone? Then invite the Holy Spirit to truly come into your life. And he'll make things brand new. Clap your hands. I know you receive the word. God bless you. Remain standing. Next week we'll go a little deeper here in this 15th chapter and we'll see what Jesus says about love again but we'll also see what Jesus had to say about haters. Get your finger out. Say neighbor. God wants to get rid of your haters. You have the power Somebody say, I have the power. And I'm going to do this every week because you have to practice just like you practice everything else. Get your hand out. Just like you have a key. Holy Spirit, make yourself real to me. No, open up your mouth. Say it out loud. Holy Holy Spirit, turn the key. Make yourself real to me. Watch what God It's getting ready to do on your behalf. Come on, clap, and let's rejoice. I love you. God bless you. I encourage you to continue reading this 15th chapter. Man, it's going to get really good when Jesus gets to talk about his haters. See how Jesus handled them. And see how his kingdom connection gave him power to withstand all that was coming against him. Holy Spirit, I lift my hands to everyone under the sound of my voice. Remind them this week of the words that were spoken. Remind them this week of our behavior, of our attitudes. Remind us this week that we are called to bear fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you. God bless you. To everyone watching this broadcast, be here next Sunday, man. Look forward to seeing you in Jesus' name. Help me see it, E-Family. Until next week. Peace. Peace.